Welcome to the Mission City Church Podcast. My name is Jake Eichert, and I am the Community Groups and Creative Director at Mission City Church, as well as the host of this podcast. Each week, you can find full-length sermons, five-minute sermon breakdowns, and inspiring conversations with guests about discipleship, current events, local outreach, and more. Our mission as a church is to make Jesus known, and we pray that this podcast does just that for you. If it does, please subscribe and share. But for now, please enjoy this episode of the Mission City Church Podcast. Hey everyone, before we jump into today's sermon, I just wanted to give you a quick heads up. There's going to be a couple times where Russell is going to give a prompt about uh, thinking or journaling about something. For the sake of the podcast, we cut those brief moments of uh, silence out, but we do encourage you to pause this recording while he gives those prompts so that you can reflect and journal yourself or whatever you need to do, but just wanted to give you a heads up about that. All right, let's jump into the sermon. How are we doing? Doing all right? Good. Anyone going to a pool or body of water in the next 24 hours or so? Yeah? Yes, as you should. It's Memorial Day. Uh, we do want to say happy M- Memorial Day uh, and just honor those who have given their lives so that, that we could be, uh, we, we can enjoy our freedom here. I, I said last week, um, so we, we've been in Acts, you hear a lot about the, the Apostle Paul, and he was a Roman citizen. And for us, as uh followers of Jesus who live in the United States, we have like unmeasurable freedom uh, in, in this country that allows us and gives us um, abilities to go and extend the gospel in places other people couldn't because we are born in the United States. And so in some ways, like we are incredible, like we should be incredibly grateful that God has placed us here. We shouldn't, mi- we shouldn't waste it either. We should, we should use it and leverage it so that we can extend the kingdom of God uh, all over the world, which is awesome. And so we've been allowed, we, we, we have been blessed to be born into this country as well. Uh, anytime I think about um, Memorial Day, uh, I think about my, my grandpa, and uh, his name was, uh, oh my gosh, I just, I could not remember my, my, my grandfather's name, which is awesome. Uh, my first grandfather's name, which I'm not thinking about him, but I'm thinking about him now, his name's Clyde. Uh, but I, my other gra- grandfather is, uh, I, I legitimately cannot think of his name. And now I'm very embarrassed. His name's Warren. There it is. Got it. Nailed it. I call him Grandpa, okay? You don't know your grandparents' names. I mean, come on. You, I mean, there's some kids in here. If you're, gr- if you're with your grandfather, you don't know your grandfather's first name, right? It's Grandpa, right? But my grandpa, uh, his name's Warren, uh, Warren Herb Schultz. And uh, I didn't know him very well. He, he died when I was uh, about 13 years old, and uh, I grew up, my parents are divorced, but I grew up in the summers going to my grandma and grandpa's house, uh, which was about 30 minutes away, and they lived on nine acres, which is awesome. And, uh, and my grandpa uh, was, honestly, he was a very grumpy man, uh, like, inc- like just incredibly grumpy, and so much so that uh, I also occasionally can be grumpy. Uh, at least my family tells me that. I don't believe them. I'm such a happy person. Uh, but my, my, my family tells me that I'm grumpy like Grandpa, uh, which, again, it's not true. I'm such a happy person all the time. Uh, but I just remember a few things about my Grandpa. Number one, he, w- he was a golf pro uh, before he started a painting company back in the day at a, at a course that's pretty famous called East Lake Country Club. And, uh, and so he, was, he wasn't the main golf pro, but he was one of the golf pros. And he said he had the privilege of uh, Arnold Palmer. You guys know who that is? It's not just the sweet uh, tea and lemonade 
combination. It's a human being uh, who's a, a fantastic golfer. And uh, he, uh, Arnold Palmer, came up to him as he was hitting a shot. And he said, and he hit a perfect shot in the fairway. And, uh, and I, he, he, I remember him telling me that story, how he, he, he told Mr. Palmer how nervous he would have been if he would have known he was right behind him when he hit the shot. Uh, and also that he taught us to love golf as well. Like he, we, in this nine acres, they had this big field and this red, big red barn. And, uh, and we, he taught us how to, how to hit golf balls, or he taught us how to swing a golf club when we were growing up. Um, and then the other thing that when I think about my grandpa on, on Memorial Day too is I remember this story. He served in World War II, and he served uh, in this tenure ship that would just go and basically service other ships in the Pacific. And I remember they used to tell a story about my grandpa that one day, I think it was in December, when a kamikaze or just a, a Japanese plane came down and struck the, I think, the right side of their ship. And in uh, that day, about 45 people died. And my grandpa was not one of them, clearly. Uh, but he jumped off and uh, was rescued and was just, you know, waiting for someone to rescue them in the Pacific Ocean. The ship didn't, the, the ship didn't uh, sink either. They somehow were able to, to, to keep it from sinking as well. But I just remember thinking about that story about, and, and, and a, a, as an older man, wondering, man, I wish I would have spent more time with him asking him questions about, like, what would it have been like to be on a ship that gets hit by a plane? What would it be like to, um, what would it be like to think that, wow, my life could end in this moment? What would it be like to be drifting in the Pacific waiting for another boat to come and to rescue you? What would that be like? What were you thinking as well? And, um, and that story, it still shapes me. It just makes me wonder. And I also think about this is, this is before I believe they had kids. And so, like, because of g- God's grace or whatever reason, he's alive because of that. Like, do you ever wonder and sit in this, do you ever sit and wonder, like, what could have been or what, like, you know, or what wouldn't have been, I guess. And it makes me think about the power of stories, that stories are powerful. And you probably have a story of someone in your life that has shaped you or a story from a grandparent or a story from someone else in your life that um, stirs something inside of you or a story that reminds you and brings you joy or a story that reminds you and brings you sad or tears as well. But stories are powerful. And humans, for whatever reason, we connect through story. They bring people together, and sometimes they tear people apart. Uh, and, and when they do align people together, when they do bring unity together, <coughs> it kind of shows us kind of where we're from or what, what, like who we belong to as well. Not only do we have like individual stories or family stories, but we also have like cultural stories that we tell. Uh, like <coughs> uh, how many of you are familiar with the American dream? right? Everyone, right? Do we all know the story of the American dream, right? And some of, how many of you have ever, how many of you have tried to live out the American dream before, or are trying to, are pursuing the American dream of, I grew up, and I didn't have much, and then I, 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 through work, and, and, and a little bit of luck, you know, like, I was able to, 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 to get to a place that's better, Right, and we have other stories. I mean, I could tell a different story. My 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 family are immigrants. They're Swedish immigrants who left Sweden, came here. My, my grand Warren, his dad er, Herb. See, I know my I know my grandparents' names. Okay, don't you dare. Well, never mind. Um, but uh, but we like we we know this story of the American dream. How do we know the the under an under an underdog story? Right, the story of Rudy. 
We know the story, right? We know the story of someone. It's, it's, it's similar to the American dream as well. Uh, what about, what about the, uh, the, the fairy tale story? They start off with what? Once upon a time. And they end what? And they lived. Yeah. And so these stories impact, uh, stories impact our lives. And for us, and, and there's actually a lot of research that goes into this. You can read tons and tons of books uh, about this. They even talk about how cert- like books that, j- uh, that groups of kids read uh, uh, at the same time, so like people in the same generation that read this book at the same time that was popular, how that changes and shapes the way that cultural views society. For example, how many of you know I love Harry Potter? We talked about this already, right? When I came out last week, uh, last week I said this, when I, when I grew up, Harry Potter came out when I was like in middle school. And so most of my friends, we read through the, the Harry Potter trilogy from middle school all the way up to college. Think about that. So all of our formative years. What's the story of Harry Potter? The story of Harry Potter is three friends together trying to, that, that, that are representing good, trying to like conquer or get rid of evil together. So in my life, I had this narrative of I'm looking for people to come alongside me to work for the greater good in the world. Now, people that are younger than me, uh, they, how many of you grew up when Hunger Games was popular, right? Hunger Games was popular and people were reading Hunger Games. Um, what is that story? That's a horrible story. <laughs> That's why the Gen Zers are all going, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but what is it? It's like a post-apocalyptic society who, what, they, they, what do they do? They have this game where they, they literally compete and try to kill one another to, to be the last one standing. And they're, they're forced to do it. What type of like, world are they trying to live out? And they, they're actually, the psychologists talk about like, how, and, 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 and people that study society, the sociologists, they talk about how popular stories of the day will influence the way society thinks. Now, we're not even going to get into Twilight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Because you guys are all just thinking about being in love, okay? But stories have power, and I, I, mean, I know I'm taking a long time to do this, but stories have, uh, stories have power. And even you, you, you might even have a narrative that you're trying to live out right now. It could be the American dream. It could be a different story. And as followers of Jesus, we have been impacted by his redemptive story that we find ourselves a part of Jesus' story, and as we have interacted with it, as we, we have connected with it, as we've been told it, it has influenced it, us in different ways as well. And not only that, is that God wants to use how that story has influenced you to influence others. God wants, he wants to use your story to connect others to his story. That God wants to use your story to connect others to his story. He wants to take and leverage your influence, your story, your background, who you are, how he's wired you, your collection of being and your collection of stories to influence others, other people to his story. This story of a fact that God created the world, that, that, that it has been broken by human uh, evil and wickedness and sin, and how God has come and redeemed it with his son, Jesus, with his death and his resurrection, and how he will eventually make it all new. And as a follower of him, I begin to participate in that right now, and you get to bring people along with you as well. And so we've been in the, in the story of Acts, and the story of Acts is a, is a group of people who have been influenced by Jesus and his story and, and his life as well. 
And for us, like what we've seen is we've seen the church grow from 12 people and it's grown and it has extended across the world at this point, the known world at this point. It's gone into uh, northern Africa. It's gone into southwest Asia. It's gone into southern Europe and it's gone around into the Middle Eastern areas as well because 12 people heard the story of a man named Jesus who died and rose again and that he gives hope in this life and for the life after this one as well for whoever calls on his name and these people took it seriously and they went and told that story and they told their story as well and so as we end today we're going to be talking about your story and how you can sh- your story can connect others to Jesus' story and we're going to talk about that is because this is what Paul did as we as we look in the uh, as we look in the, the the book of Acts we see that Paul used his story to point people to Jesus he did it three times the, 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 he actually told it twice, and, and then it said in the book of Acts uh, one other time as well. So to end this book, I'll give you a, a, a high-level recap of some of this, and then we'll move over. We'll get to the, the, the meat of it in 26. So it says this, uh, or excuse me, at the end of 23, so Paul is, uh, there's a plot to kill him, uh, and then he's moved to Caesarea to a, to a guy named Felix to be given trial. Uh, and then Paul defends himself in chapter 24 against Felix. Uh, and then Paul, again, he emphasizes the resurrection of the dead. And then Paul is put into prison for two years. Felix leaves, and a new guy comes up. Uh, and Paul, with this new guy, he appeals. Uh, the new guy's name is Festus, by the way. He appeals to Caesar, saying, hey, I want my trial to be in front of Caesar. Now, at the end of 23, God tells Paul to go to Rome to meet with Caesar to share the good news. And so because of this, Paul is saying, I've got to get to Rome. He appeals to Caesar. This is a guaranteed access for him to be sent to Rome as well. But Felix needs something, or excuse me, Festus needs something to write uh, to, to why he's actually going to be able to appeal to Caesar. So he calls the king of the Jews at this point, his name is King Agrippa and his sister Bernice, to hear from him. And this is where we pick up in chapter 26. And it starts like this. He says, so Agrippa said to Paul, you have permission to speak for yourself. So then Paul stretched out his hand and made his defense. And he says, I consider myself fortunate that is before you, King Agrippa, I'm going to make my defense today against all the accusations of the Jews, especially because you are familiar with all the customs and controversies of the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. So he gets this ability to speak, and King Agrippa. Uh, and then, then Paul honors King Agrippa, and King Agrippa was well-known. He was well-versed in Judaism, and so he would be a good authority uh, for, for Paul to speak to for uh, Festus as well. <coughs> Excuse me. So, now Paul, uh, he's given permission to speak yet. So, verse 4, he says this, My manner of life from my youth, spent from the beginning among my own nations, or my own nation in Jerusalem, is known by all the Jews. They have known for a long time, if they are willing to testify, that according to the strict, strictest party of our religion, I have lived as a Pharisee. So, Paul's giving his backstory. He's saying, guess what? King Agrippa... I'm a Pharisee. I've lived by the strictest view of the law. And now he stands here on trial because of my hope and the promise made by God to our fathers. And I'm standing here because this is something rooted in history to which our 12 uh, tribes hope to attain as they earnestly worship night and day. And, And for this hope I am accused by the Jews. 
Why is it thought incredible credible by any of you that God raises the dead? And again, we talked a lot about this last week, about how a lot of what Paul was trying to do with the Jews is saying that throughout history that God talked about how God would eventually resurrect people, and he does it first in the person of Jesus, and he will do it further in those who follow him as well. And now we get into his story as well. He gets even more into his story. Verse 9, he says, I myself was convinced that I ought to do many things in opposing the name of Jesus. So this is Paul, Pharisee Paul. He, uh, he's, some people call him Saul in this moment. He says, and I did, I did so in Jerusalem. I not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priests, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme. And in raging fury against them, I persecuted them even f- uh, to the foreign cities. And so what does Paul do before he meets Christ? This is what he does. He, he, opposes the, uh, he opposed Jesus. He locked up saints. He voted to put them to death. He punished them in the synagogues. He, try, like he tried to c- make them blaspheme or convince them to say something that they shouldn't as well. And so today, what we're going to do, this is, a, this is a very basic thing. You might have even have heard this, this principle before, this practice before as well. But we're going to focus on you, you, you thinking about your own story. And so what I want you to do is I actually want you to get out your phone. I know we're in church. Get out your phone. And, or if, you have an, if you're taking notes, that's cool as well. If you don't have a phone, just think to yourself it's okay. But what we're going to do is we're actually going to begin writing out our own story. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, that's okay. Uh, maybe you just write out your own background. Maybe you just write out your own story as well. It could be a good little writing exercise. This is going to be an incomplete time. I'm going to only give you a couple minutes for some of these things as well. But pr- pretty much what happens is we're going to model telling our story after uh, what Paul does. And so what does Paul do? He starts with his life before Christ. Now, I will say this, uh, just to give you a little bit of a caveat. I think sometimes uh, we think that our life before Christ has to be really gross and icky and full of sin, right? Like, it's not a good story. Like, how many of you have ever heard this, uh, this before? My, I don't have a really good testimony. Anyone ever heard that? Who's, who's ever said that before? Anyone ever say that before? I've said that before. I don't have a good testimony, right? Because why? Because I grew up in a Christian home and everything's fine and I didn't have this raging like, sin or addiction at six years old before I came to Christ. But there's, there's a couple things with that. <coughs> Number one, uh, the first thing is uh, you might not understand that how, how nasty sin is as well. Uh, two, uh, the second thing is this, is I think sometimes... When we, when we think about our life before Christ, like it could just be us telling our, our backstory, like that we need to tell our backstory. So Paul said, hey, I was a Pharisee. I was a Pharisee. Uh, this, this, this hits home for me. I remember I was in eighth grade, and uh, actually my grandpa had just passed away, and I remember this because this is how holy I was as an eighth grader, right? This is amazing. I, uh, I'm not really holy. I'm just joking. But my family was going to Cancun on a vacation, and I chose to go on a mission trip to Orlando instead. And you think that's really holy. It's not. It's just I wanted to hang out with my friends more than I want to hang out with my family. It's actually selfish. Um, and I had a different heart issue. But I got an opportunity to share my testimony, my story. This is what this is. T- you ever heard the word testimony before? It's your story. That's what, that's what we're saying. Um, but I had this opportunity to share my story with these inner city kids in Orlando. And um, 
and I remember that um, I s- shared the story and it was fine. And uh, I remember that I, I didn't include that my parents were divorced. And I remember my youth pastor said, why didn't you, why didn't you tell that? Because that was a big part of my story. Because that could have helped you connect with people that were listening to you. And so sometimes we have to tell our backstory. It might not be that you had this horrible sin past, but it could be that you grew up in the city that you grew up in. It could be something else. So take two, three minutes, write, what was your life before Christ? Or, another way to say it, what is your backstory? Two minutes, take that. I'll be right back. Cool. And if you need to finish, it's okay. I know there's not going to be enough time, but again, what, what was your life before Christ? It's, it's pre-Christ. It could have been that you were doing things that you shouldn't have been doing. It could be that uh, maybe you grew up in the church, and that's, that's a great thing as well. But again, what would you like people to know about, b- about you if you only had a few minutes with them? It's crazy how when we, we can connect with people, even if we, like, we haven't had the same experience, but just hearing people's story, it helps us connect with them as well. So now, now Paul meets Christ. So let's look at this in v- uh, chapter 12. It says this. <coughs> in, in this connection... I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. And at midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven brighter than the sun. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and say, most of us, probably none of us, had this conversion story. If you did, that's awesome and I want to hear about it. But more than likely, you weren't traveling down a road and you weren't hit with a a bright light that was uh, brighter than the sun. That shone around me, and those that journeyed with me saw it as well. They, so what happens? And when we had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in a Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And so this is where he hears from Jesus. This is where he connects the dots. That No, Jesus is actually who he says he is. He's resurrected, and he is the Son of God. And on his way, uh, on his way, he's actually told by Jesus. So Jesus introduced him to Jesus. But who introduced you to Jesus? When when did you hear about Jesus? How did you encounter Jesus? Again, take take a minute or two, tell that story, write it down. I was six years old, on my way, dri- driving uh, to my grandparents' house in a truck uh, with my with my dad. Who introduced you to Jesus? Take a few moments, write that down. Sometimes for people, this is like the fastest one. Like, hey, I heard a sermon, and then I responded. And then sometimes it's like, no, this took me years, and I was unbelieving, and it took me a long time. And that's okay. Different people have different stories, and God uses your story again to impact other people's lives for, with his story. And he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna, it's going to be different, different times, different ways as well. Yeah, so I, I remember... Uh, the, the, the day before, though, it was kind of a two-day two thing. That the week before, the Wednesday before, I was on my way to my grandparents' house with my dad. I went to Awana. Anyone in Awana growing up? Yeah, right? You memorize these verses. So I was memorizing these verses, and this is my first time in Awana, so you have this, like, introductory packet that you do. And the first verse was John 3.16, and they wanted you to memorize it for the next week. And so I memorized it, and I started asking my parents a question about it, and then I realized, no, I wanted to believe in Jesus because... I, I didn't want to perish. I wanted to have eternal life uh, with him. And, uh, and so I asked my dad about it the next Sunday, and that's when, when I prayed to receive Christ. And my life has been, you know, as a six-year-old or seven-year-old, what does that look like? It's much different than a, as a 30, I'm about to be 35. 
as a 35-year-old um, pursuing Jesus as well. But someone had to share with us about Jesus. Someone had to share with you about Jesus. Uh, and then, you know, the way that you met him, it's all, it's all different as well. And so as you begin to piece this story together, you, you, you go, all right, this is, this is what my life was like before Jesus. And yeah, I, I got lucky. I, I, I was kind of, grow- I grew up this way, but this is how I met Jesus. And then it moves to, like, how has your life changed because you've met Jesus as well. And so this is what, this is what happens to Paul. Also, I love Jesus' words to Paul. Listen to this. He says, but rise and stand up on your feet, because get no- he gets knocked down by this bright light. For I've appeared to you for this purpose. He's given him a, this, a purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me and the, to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you, from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I'm sending you to, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a, and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. And so he, 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 he's saying, hey, I've given you a purpose. He's saying, rise, get up, stand upon your feet, stand on the solid ground that Christ has given you as well because you have this purpose you've been created for a purpose to serve and bear witness to the gentiles to open their eyes to turn from darkness to light from the power of satan to god so that they receive forgiveness of sins so they can belong into this family and this is this is why you tell your story you tell how jesus has he's taken you how he's opened your eyes how he's brought you from darkness to light how he's taking you from the power of satan to god how you've received forgiveness of sins and he's brought you and adopted you as a son or daughter of the king of kings that you belong now because of him like, this is what you have received in Jesus. Eyes open, in the light, Son of God, forgiven sins, sanctified, belonging to the church. And this is the message that you preach to other people as well. And this is, maybe this is what you're getting told to do today, is telling you to get up, stand firm in the purpose. Paul murdered somebody. Your past couldn't be worse than that. God can use you and has purpose for you as well. And so the next question we're going to ask is, how has meeting Jesus changed your life? How has meeting Jesus changed your life? And I will say this before you take some time. I think sometimes what we do is, uh, how many of you guys like greatest hit albums? Anyone a greatest hit album person? You know what I'm talking about? The, the greatest hits? Like, uh, I don't know. What's the greatest, greatest hit album ever? Wow, 2022? Yes, anyone had the Wow Christian DVDs? Oh, yes, God is good. And then thank God that, do they still do those? Do they? They have to, right? They, I'll look it up. I'll do it later. Not, don't look, you don't want to look it up right now. But does it, if you don't know what the Wow D, uh, CDs are, uh, that means you probably didn't grow up in the church in the early 2000s, which is okay. <laughs> Might have been better for you. Uh, but anyway, it's, a, it's basically like the 30 best Christian songs of that year. And they used to change the color of it, and it was a two-DVD thing, or DVD, CD thing, because that's what, C- if, do you guys know what CDs are? <coughs> so the CDs are this, like, round, it's almost like a record. You guys know what records are? Because records are, actually, records might be more known than CDs. Think about this, you know? Because they don't do CDs anymore, but records, uh, anyway, we don't, anyway, we don't have to get into it. But the greatest hits, <laughs> what is it? It's the greatest hits of the, of, of the day. This happens to us, too, right? So when we think about our testimony or we think about our story is, and you think about this question of how God has, has changing Jesus has changed your life, 
Sometimes we go to the greatest hits. Like we go back to a story from two, three, four, ten, fifteen years ago. And I think that's okay. Like there are some things inevitable that Jesus did that changed our lives. Like he forgave me of my sins and He's, again, like this list that I just said, he opens our eyes and brought us from darkness to light and adopted us and we're no longer under the power of Satan but under the power of God. Like I belong to the church and I'm a part of the body of Christ. Those are good things. But if you don't have something that God is doing today or he did, that God is working in this past week, then I really want to urge you to grow. I really want to urge you to not, to, to not trust in something that happened five years ago to, to be enough. And sometimes that's the thing, it will be that. Like sometimes it will be that. But so like God, Jesus wants to move today in your life. Jesus wants to do a work in your life today. Jesus is changing and is willing to change and transform your life today. And these are the things that as we talk about sharing our stories, as you have ongoing relationships with people, is it might not be the thing that God did five years ago. It might be the thing that he did five minutes ago. Or, or maybe he did this morning as you spent time with him as well. He's transforming you. Let's not stop growing. Let's continue to pursue him. But let's take a few moments. And if the only thing you have to write down is the greatest hits, the big things that God has done in your life, that's okay. But let's not, let, let, let's not two weeks from now let that be the only thing. Let's let, let's let God move and transform in us today as well. So take two minutes. How has uh, meeting Jesus changed your life? All right, to wrap up, so basically from 19 to, to 23, uh, Paul basically says, and I did it. I went to the Gentiles and did all these different things as well. He fulfilled the purpose that God has created him for. And, uh, and, and so Paul is called to go and to share the good news with the Gentiles. It's just something for you to, this question just to, to write. We don't have time for you to take time to write it, but maybe a little bit of homework is there to, to think about this is, am I fulfilling the purpose God has created for me, f- uh, me for? And that should be on the screen as well. Am I fulfilling the purpose God has created me for? Like we really believe that the church, that the followers of, J- of Jesus have been called to, to minister to the, the, the city around them, to do things for the city around them with not only the, the, the message of the good news, but to look at the world and see what's broken and help being a part of the things to help make it right again as well. And so what is God calling you to do? Are you fulfilling that? And if you have kids, God is calling you to raise up followers of Jesus who are, are ch- children. If you, if you don't have kids, God is calling you to do something, to find something that he, t- to spend your time with to extend his kingdom. What is that? And are you doing that? Are you participating in that? And it doesn't necessarily have to be a ministry. It could just be that you look at your life as, uh, you, you look at your friends as, as an opportunity to extend God's kingdom, to share the good news with them as well. Uh, so I love this. At the end, he says, uh, and Agrippa said to Paul, in short time, y- would you persuade me to be a Christian? So, Paul, are you, are you trying to convince me to be a Christian? Which he is. But this is what Paul says, and I love this. This is amazing. Whether short or long, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, except of these chains. I don't, like, I don't care how long it takes, how short it takes, but I, I wish that God, like, that God would hear me so that all of you, every single person, would know Jesus the way that I know Jesus. Do you have that heart for people? 
You have a heart for the people that are around you, that they would know God the way that you know God, that they would be transformed by Jesus the way that you've been transformed by Jesus. And if you're like, I haven't experienced that, then let's have a conversation after this today. Do you long for people to know the love and grace you have found in Jesus as well? And, and, uh, and so, uh, basically, Agrippa says to Paul, hey, you haven't done anything wrong, but he still has appealed to, to Caesar. And, uh, and so Paul ends up getting on a boat that eventually will be shipwrecked uh, and on an island of Malta, and he eventually makes it to Rome. And he, he spends two years there, uh, and we're unsure if he ever makes it to Caesar because we, we don't get that kind of manuscript as well. And that's the, the book of Acts. So I'm going to invite Evan and the, the team to come up. But as we end today, why, like why, why spend time focusing on your story? Because God wants to use your story to connect people to his story. And it might not be that you can say, hey, I want to I wanna, I'm gonna tell, like, tell you my story. But like, I'm going to be honest with you. People might not be open to you sharing a passage of scripture with them. They might be open to you sharing your story with them. They might be open to you sharing your story. And so think about how God wants to use you as well. We, we are doing, the, again, I don't, I don't like to promote things a ton. We're doing, we're doing something called a mission, mission workshop. It's this Thursday night. Uh, it's at the Miriam uh, Community Center at 6. If you want to, if, you, if, this is, if this is stirring in you, like that you want to do this, that you want to begin using your story, you want to begin using your life to connect people to Jesus' story, like come and check us out. We had our first week. It's okay. We're talking about spiritual conversations this week. How do we, how do we connect people to God? How do, we, how do we share the good news with people around us? Because, listen, like, do you believe that, th- do you believe what Jesus did is good news? Do you believe it? Do you believe it's transformed your life? And if it's good news to you, wouldn't it also be good news to your neighbor, your coworker, your, your family member who doesn't know Jesus as well? And so th- this is why we did Acts for, this is why we spent three, four months in Acts is because my heart as the pastor of Mission City Church is that we would believe that Jesus, this, the, the good news of Jesus is real and it's for the world, it's for everyone and we want to we share everyone, not just our team, not just me, but that all of us would want to continually share the good news with people around us because, because he uses our story to connect people to his story. So let me pray. So Lord Jesus, would you bless this time as we respond? We love you so much. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mission City Church podcast. Mission City Church is a non-denominational church in Mission, Kansas. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at Cinemark 20 off of Johnson Drive and I-35. We also have three community groups that meet every other Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday. If you live in the Kansas City area and would like more information, please visit our website at missioncitykc.com or you can email me at jake at missioncitykc.com.